Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are humbly taking a step back, widening our purview to assess our support system as we question, can you really be self-made? The pure definition of self-made says, made such by one's own actions, especially having achieved success or prominence through one's own efforts. But what happened to all the people who told you it was possible? The people who poured encouragement into your soul, helped you back up when things didn't go as expected, and rallied behind all the many modifications and extra attempts. Not to take anything away from the choices you've made. In fact, let's celebrate them and inspire you to take more chances and trust in your own abilities. But let's not forget those who had your back, took your hand, challenged your ideas, and forced you to be better. Have you ever heard, I'm great at everything except humility, which I'm amazing at. (laughs) Seriously, though. Humbly, I think about all the people who supported all the crazy ideas I've had over the years. I was a wee entrepreneur, starting at age eight with my very own yard sale. Sounds harmless, except as a latchkey kid, I'm pretty sure my mom wouldn't have appreciated me selling the contents of my room on the side of the road while she was at work. Oops. But it just snowballed from there. I never once remember my family laughing at me or telling me that whatever my small business flavor of the month was would fail. Sure, my mom still reminds me of the puzzle piece jewelry phase I peddled in my pop-up store called Exception to the Rule, but she's always careful not to squelch my dreams. Let's walk around this idea to inspect all the angles. The first being that you have the power to dream and to do. Ready for a Rocky-style intro? Brian Burton pumps us up with we are all self-made, but only the successful will admit it. This is a motivational speech found at fearlessmotivation.com. The first step to the next level of your life is accepting you are responsible for where you are and the only one that can take you where you want to be. Hmm. Earl Nightingale said, we're all self-made, but only the successful will admit it. What does it mean? It means all of us are products of our choices. Circumstances only define you if you let them. Those who succeed in life choose to accept responsibility for where they are, even if that place is not somewhere they want to stay especially if that place is not somewhere they want to stay. You are where you are because of your decisions. If you don't like where you are, you must take better actions. Every choice you've made throughout your life has led you right here, where you are now. Do you like where you are now? Can you go further? Think of your body exactly as it is right now. Your body is a reflection of the level of discipline in your diet and the level of hard work you've put into your exercise. Whether you like the reflection or not, it's self-made. Think of your current financial position. 
That is also a reflection of your choices. The choice to invest your time. You can either invest your spare time to educate yourself or to party and drink or watch TV. The choice to invest in self-education or things that add no value to your life. These are all choices you make. If you like the reflection or not, you're self-made. Your boss won't give you a pay raise? Don't like your job? Got laid off? Is it your boss's fault that you haven't got a second income? Is it the government's fault that you haven't spent any time on self-education? No. These were your choices. Sure, people do you wrong. Things go wrong. But what you do after all of that defines you, not the event or the person. Everyone is self-made, but only those who like where they are will admit it. If you're strong enough to stand where you don't want to be and admit that you're self-made, that is the first step to freedom. The first step towards your new life, a life you'll be proud to call self-made. There's no reason why you can't have everything you want in every area of your life. Decide, learn how, commit, set goals, and take action. If you want to create multiple sources of income so that no one and no event could put you in a negative situation again, you can. Decide, learn how, commit, set goals, and take consistent action. Whatever you want, you can. Whatever self you want to create, you can. You can be proud or disappointed with yourself you've created. It's all a choice. You can live with pride or live with regret. Both will be a result of your choices. You are the creator of your own life, your own freedom, your own destination. Tell yourself every day, I am where I am because of my decisions. If I want better results... I must take better actions. I will learn the lessons. I will see the blessings. I will not stop until my goals are realized. When I reach that goal, I will set a bigger goal. I will grow and grow and grow. I accept full responsibility for my results in life, and I challenge myself to become better every year, every month, every week, every day, in every moment. I'm committed. I am determined. I am self-made. Build some solid foundations. Build strong. Take responsibility for every level. Take your time and do it right. It takes time to build a masterpiece, so stick with it. This is your life we're talking about. Enjoy the process and be proud of the new you. If you want to understand the true meaning of self-made success, you've got to keep going. Whatever has happened in your life, you can either use it as your excuse or you can use it as your purpose. Only one of those choices will lead to a positive life. Only one of those choices will lead to a great life. Change your weak choices for strong choices and you'll be proud of the self you have made. Trade your excuses for responsibility. Trade your procrastination for action. Trade your blaming for self-examination. Trade your wasted time for learning time. Trade your bad habits for things that take you one step closer to a life you want to live. 
trade negative influences for positive ones. And until you can find them, there's nothing wrong with alone time and self-reflection. Trade your social media for self-development. Enough talking. It's time to work. It's time to let your actions speak for you. Do you want excuses to die with you? Or are you going to finally accept where you are and take on the challenge to claim a life far beyond anything you've lived so far? You see, successful people have no problem accepting they are creators of their destiny. They have no problem accepting responsibility when they fail. They just double down on their effort. They find a new way if they need to. They learn the lesson and they make sure they turn it into a blessing. On the other hand, many other people don't learn the lessons. They don't believe they're self-made. They'll say things like, well, I didn't want to end up here. I worked hard and this happened. This person did this to me, and that's why I didn't reach something greater. No, the story isn't over yet. It's still being written, and it will be a great one if you take responsibility and take hold of the pen. Every day is a choice. How you show up every day is a choice. How you respond to wrongdoing, that's your choice. You can use events as excuses and let them ruin your life, or you can use them as motivation and strengthen your life. Strong people are strong because they've been through pain, but rather than being defeated by it, they've used it. Use your pain as fuel to drive you forward. Stand up to the challenges and push past them, Whatever has happened is now gone. It can either serve you or stop you. You decide. You decide what every event means. Will it make you stronger? Will it add to your character? Will you set a strong example of perseverance, of someone who let nothing stop them from reaching a great life, a deserved great life? I am where I am because of my decisions. If I want better results, I must take better actions. I will learn the lessons. I will see the blessings. I will not stop until my goals are realized. When I reach that goal, I'll set a bigger goal. I'll grow and grow and grow. I accept full responsibility for my results in life. And I challenge myself to become better. Every year, every month, every week, every day, every moment. I'm committed, I'm determined, and I'm self-made. Who knew you could be your own motivational coach? Mantras aren't just for memes. They work when you practice them. Say it, repeat it, visualize it, and then take action. Keep your eyes out for opportunity. When I want something, whether it's an item or a situation to change or improve, I visualize it. I say it out loud. I focus my energy on it. And then I look for opportunities that are in alignment. Remember that car you wanted? You know, you searched it, looked at pictures of it. You might have even customized it online or had taken it for a test drive. It's your focus and guess what? Now you see it everywhere. Why can't the desires of your heart follow the same practice? Let's try it. You want to? Every week on Encouragementology, I end with a challenge and a statement. I know you can do it. 
And I believe that. But what if you don't? And what if you don't have someone telling you? Sherry Silk shares four ways to overcome encouragement deficit found at lovingonpurpose.com. Our need and desire for encouragement in life is inherent. We come into the world helpless and unable to do anything for ourselves and depend on the encouragement of our primary caregivers to fuel our development. Healthy kids want and expect continuous attention and cheering on from the important adults in their lives. Sherry said, my grandson Lincoln, for example, routinely tries to intimidate his older brothers who love gymnastics and seem to spend a third of their lives upside down and flip-flopping around the house. Not because he loves gymnastics, but because he wants my attention. He gets on his hands and feet, lifts one foot off the ground, and calls, Mimi, watch, watch. Of course, I unfailingly tell him how amazing he is and how this simple act is worth great celebration. This is how the encouragement cycle begins and it remains critical to our growth throughout life. There's probably no significant challenge or risk we can overcome without encouragement. This cycle can break down, however, for at least two reasons. The first is when the supply of encouragement fails, when the attention and words of affirmation are replaced by distraction, silence, or worst of all, criticism. The second reason is a little more complicated, and it's when the demand for encouragement fails. This happens when people stop seeking genuine courage to fuel real growth in their life and instead seek attention, affirmation, and approval that simply makes them feel better about where they are without challenging them to change. When I look at our society, I see the encouragement cycle broken on both ends. There's both a general lack of encouragement and a false demand for encouragement that isn't actually about providing courage to accomplish anything. People want to be cheered on without being in a race. Many have gone from being children receiving praise for childhood feats to being adults longing for the same praise without performing adult feats. Sherry said, I understand that alongside our need for courage, We all need to be loved unconditionally for who we are, no matter our stage of growth or level of accomplishment. But we need to move past getting stickers and points for participation. We aren't children any longer, and something inside of us knows that we need more than getting a trophy for just showing up. As humans, we crave genuine courage and need constant encouragement and validation to fuel our personal growth. Merely consuming compliments and praise without putting ourselves at risk won't bring us true fulfillment. Here are four keys to overcoming the courage deficit in our lives and building a healthy encouragement cycle that will fuel growth. Number one, take responsibility to stay encouraged. The road to maturity is one from dependence to independence and interdependence. This means that we must become powerful people who understand that courage is meant to be exchanged in a reciprocal relationship in which we give as well as receive, not a relationship in which we expect outside forces to keep us moving towards our goals. Staying encouraged is first and foremost our responsibility. Number two, seek feedback and refuse to be offended. 
Powerful people surround themselves with people who speak the truth and call them out on their stuff. And they do it because they recognize that courage comes from honest feedback. It isn't always pleasant to hear feedback, but ultimately, it only damages us if we allow ourselves to be offended by it. As soon as we get offended, we turn to victims, become responsible for nothing, and will probably change nothing. This is the goal of the enemy. If he can keep us in the offended victim role, we will stay there, not moving forward, not taking ownership of our lives, and therefore not achieving our goals. If someone is offering feedback, listen and see if it has some truth to it. You will find the genuine courage you need when you allow yourself to be challenged by those who love you. Number three, practice encouraging others. We all face challenges in our lives and need to overcome obstacles in order to grow and achieve our dreams. Unfortunately, many people struggle with discouragement. It's important for us to recognize the goodness in others, just as we hope they will do for us. Giving positive feedback is just as important as receiving it, and we all share the responsibility of encouraging one another. Number four, encourage yourself in the Lord. Sherry said, I've watched my husband Danny be an encourager to so many people around the globe. For someone who didn't have a father in the house after age six, that's quite an accomplishment. I've often wondered how he's done it. The only possible answer is that he had to learn to get encouragement from another source. One obvious source, friends and leaders who have spoken courage over him. But even more importantly, he's learned to access the ultimate source of courage, no matter who may or may not be available to encourage him. George Mueller said, When nothing else will work, encourage yourself in the Lord. Do it with the Word of God. Be assured if you walk with Him and look to Him and expect help from Him, He will never fail you. I love the advice to take responsibility to stay engaged. No matter where you are in your life or on your journey, you need positive people to talk to, brainstorm with, and work things out with. It's very easy to get isolated, maybe even easier than you realize. You may have friends, family members, and coworkers now, but as your life evolves and changes, the statistics are alarming. 50% of individuals over 60 are at risk for social isolation. A report from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine points out that more than one-third of adults age 45 and older feel lonely and nearly one-fourth of adults age 65 and older are considered to be socially isolated. Work on your relationships now and throughout your life. Typically, childhood friends move away, parent groups end when you empty nest, and coworkers are a thing of the past once you retire. Be intentional. Look for outside interest groups, hobbies, book clubs, and volunteer groups. J.D. Meyer offers 15 ways to motivate yourself and others, found at time.com. John Maxwell said, You don't overcome challenges by making them smaller, but by making yourself bigger. When it comes to getting results, it takes motivation and ability. Motivation makes things happen. Where there's no will, there's no way. 
One of the best ways to improve your personal effectiveness is to master your motivation and find your drive. When one is able to gain control over their motivation, they're better equipped to handle the challenges that life throws their way. It also allows them to inspire themselves to keep pushing forward and seek out new opportunities for growth and personal development. Take these ideas as a way to demystify motivation and give you the tools that really work. Connect your values. This is the ultimate secret. If you can connect the work you do to your values, even in small ways, you can change your game. One of my values is learning and growing. I find ways to grow my skills in any situation. For example, I don't just call back a customer. I win a raving fan. I don't just do a task. I master my craft. I don't just get something done. I learn something new. Find your why. Figure out a compelling purpose. Turn this into a one-liner. For example, when I fall off the horse, I remind myself I'm here to make others great. This gets me back on track, sharing the best of what I know. Change your why. Sometimes you're doing things for the wrong reason. Are you doing that task to get it done or to learn something new? Just shifting your way can light your fire. Change your how. You can instantly find your tasks more enjoyable by shifting from getting them done to doing them right. I think of it as mastering your craft. Make it artful. Sometimes slow is better. Other times, the key is to make it a game and actually speed it up. You can set time limits and race against the clock. Changing your how can get you out of ruts and find new ways to escape the mundane. Remember the feeling. One of the quickest ways to alter your mood is by imagining different scenarios and scenes in your mind. Remember the feeling. How did you feel during your first kiss? What about laying on the grass on a sunny day? When you feel good, you find your motivation faster. Shift to past, present, or the future. Sometimes you need to be here now. Sometimes the right here, right now, stinks. The beauty of shifting tense is you can visualize a more compelling future or remember a more enjoyable past. At the same time, if you catch yourself dwelling on a painful past, get back to right here, right now, and find the joy in the moment. You'll improve your temporal skills with practice. Find a meaningful metaphor. Find a metaphor that fuels you. Maybe you're the little engine that could. Maybe you're in your element. The most powerful thing you can do is to find a metaphor that connects to your values. This is why I turn my projects into epic adventures. Take action. Here's a secret that once you know it can change your life. Action often comes before motivation. You start simply doing an activity and then your motivation kicks in. Nike was right with just do it. For example, I don't always look forward to my workout, but once I start, I find my flow. Link it to good feelings. Find a way to link things to good feelings. For example, play your favorite song when you're doing something you like to do. 
It has to be a song that makes you feel so great that it overshadows the pain of the task. It's hard to tell yourself you don't like something when it feels so good. A similar approach would be to find your own theme song. Impress yourself first. This is how people like Peter Jackson or James Cameron or Stephanie Mayer inspires themselves. They make the movies or write the books that impress themselves first. They connect their passion to the work and they don't depend on other people setting the bar. Their internal bar becomes their drive. Choose two. If you tell yourself you have to do this or you must do that or you should do this, you can weaken your motivation. The power of choice and simply reframing your language to choose to can be incredibly empowering and exactly the motivating language you need to hear. Choose your words carefully and make them work for you. Pair up. This is one of the favorites to making something fun. One person's painful task is another one's pleasure. Pair up with somebody who compliments your skill or who can mentor you and get you over the hump. Change your question. Sometimes you need to change your focus. To change your focus, change the question. If you ask yourself what's wrong with the situation, of course you'll find things to complain about. Ask yourself what's right about the situation and you can quickly find the positives and get your groove on. Fix time for eating, sleeping, and working out. Sometimes your body or emotions are working against you because you're not giving them the break or the fuel they need. One simple way to improve results here is to find a routine for eating, sleeping, and moving or working out that supports you. Play to your strengths. Spending too much time in your weaknesses wears you down. Spending more time in your strengths helps you renew your energy and find your flow. Discover your strengths and focus on them to excel. Identify the tasks that bring you joy and make time to do more of them throughout the day. As you experience success in your areas of strength, you will build momentum and achieve even greater accomplishments. Try out the motivation techniques and see what works for you. At the end of the day, all motivation really comes down to is self-motivation. And you get better at motivation by building your self-awareness. Who did you think today? Let's make that a mantra thing. Think of your circumstances and find gratitude in even the smallest corner. Illuminate that and watch it grow. Let me get you started. I appreciate the close friendships that have given me extra chances when life gets away from me and I feel overwhelmed. Thank you for giving me space but never turning your back on me. Thank you for not making me apologize or explain my absence. Thank you for always picking up right where we left off. Now it's your turn. Don't let gratitude become just a catchy buzzword. There are real measurable benefits from exercising this muscle. 
Madalena Roy Chattery shares the neuroscience of gratitude and effects on the brain found at positivepsychology.com. We all want a happy life, a cushy job, a perfect family, financial stability, and a great social life. And in this indefinite pursuit of happiness that is mostly like a mirage, how often do we spare a minute to think what we already have at this very moment? Gratitude is a powerful human emotion, but conveying and receiving simple thank you messages, we can truly derive the pleasure that we seek everywhere else. Gratitude derived from the Latin word gratia, meaning grateful or thankfulness. In its simplest form, gratitude refers to a state of thankfulness or a state of being grateful. In positive psychology, gratitude is the human way of acknowledging the good things of life. Psychologists have defined gratitude as a positive emotional response that we perceive on giving or receiving a benefit from someone. A similar explanation was put forth by Emmons and McCullough, who said that gratitude is associated with a personal benefit that was not intentionally sought after, deserved, or earned, but rather because of the good intentions of another person. Thinking others, thinking ourselves, Mother Nature, or the Almighty, gratitude in any form can enlighten the mind and make us feel happier. It has a healing effect on us. The benefits of gratitude are endless. You have a psychological benefit, a happier you, positive emotions and thoughts, more aware and awake, increased self-satisfaction, enhanced mood. You have physical benefits, a fitter you, stronger immune system, less body pains and aches, optimum blood pressure and cardiac functioning, better sleep-wake cycles. And you have social benefits, a better you, better communication, more empathy, stronger interpersonal relationships, more likability among group members, more involvement as a team member. Gratitude in all forms is associated with happiness. Whether we say thank you to someone or receive the same from others, the feeling it brings is that of pure satisfaction and encouragement. Showing appreciation and offering words of encouragement can strengthen and maintain long-term relationships as well as help individuals overcome adversities and come back stronger. Gratitude improves interpersonal relationships at home and at work. The connection between gratitude and happiness is multidimensional. Expressing gratitude not only to others, but also to ourselves, induces positive emotions, primarily happiness. By producing feelings of pleasure and contentment, Gratitude impacts our overall health and well-being as well. In a survey on gratitude in adult professionals, British psychologist and wellness expert Robert Holden found that 65 out of the 100 people selected happiness over health, although they indicated that both were equally important for a good life. Holden, in his study, suggested that the roots of many psychopathological conditions like depression, anxiety, and stress are unhappiness. Simple practices like maintaining a gratitude journal, complimenting the self, or sending small tokens and thank you notes can make us feel a lot better and enhance our mood immediately. Couple studies have also indicated that partners who express their thankfulness to each other often 
could sustain their relationships with mutual trust, loyalty, and had long-lasting happy relationships. Gratitude makes a significant impact on mental and physical well-being. Positive psychology and mental health researchers in the past few decades have established an overwhelming connection between gratitude and good health. Keeping a gratitude journal causes less stress, improves the quality of sleep, and builds emotional awareness. Gratitude was significant in ancient philosophies and cultures. For example, in the Roman culture where Cicero mentioned gratitude as the mother of all human feelings, as an area of neuropsychological research. However, it was a rare subject of concern until the last two decades. Studies have demonstrated that at the brain level, moral judgments involving feelings of gratefulness are evoked in the right interior temporal cortex. People who express and feel gratitude have a higher volume of gray matter in the right inferior temporal gyrus. When we express gratitude and receive the same, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin, the two crucial neurotransmitters responsible for our emotions, and they make us feel good. They enhance our mood immediately, making us feel happy from the inside. And don't forget the impact of gratitude. Besides enhancing self-love and empathy, it also has a big impact on body, functions, and psychological conditions like stress, anxiety, and depression. Gratitude releases toxic emotions. The limbic system is the part of the brain that is responsible for all emotional experiences. A study conducted on individuals seeking mental health guidance revealed that participants on the group who wrote letters of gratitude, besides their regular counseling sessions, actually felt better and recovered sooner. Gratitude reduces pain. Counting blessings versus burdens? That's a study conducted on evaluating the effects of gratitude on physical well-being. It indicated that 16% of the patients who kept a gratitude journal reported a reduction in pain symptoms and were more willing to work out and cooperate with the treatment procedures. Gratitude improves sleep quality. Studies have shown that receiving and displaying simple acts of kindness activates the hypothalamus and thereby regulates all bodily mechanisms controlled by that out of which sleep is a vital one. Gratitude aids in stress regulation. Significant studies over the years have established the fact that by practicing gratitude, we can handle stress better than others. By merely acknowledging and appreciating the little things in life, we can rewire the brain to deal with the present circumstances with more awareness and broader perception. Gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. By reducing the stress hormones and managing the atomic nervous system functions, gratitude significantly reduces symptoms of depression and anxiety. What does your support system look like? What little nuggets of wisdom have you been fed that changed your life? What are you passing along to others? I would consider myself a hard worker, goal-driven, motivated, and fearless in some aspects. Was I born like this? Maybe to some degree, but I was mentored by a strong, independent woman who led by example. My mother worked hard and still works hard. She taught me that the only limitations are in my mind. She demonstrated selflessness on a daily basis. 
She was quick to volunteer and never shied away from a challenge. If she didn't know something, she asked or she figured out a way to educate herself. She never needed anyone, but she wanted people and surrounded herself with lifelong friends, giving as much or more than she was receiving. I'm well on my way when it comes to growing up, and I'm glad it's in her footsteps. On the Mind Therapy YouTube channel, I found a motivating speech Denzel Washington gave to the American Film Institute that I thought was appropriate. Let's take a listen. I'm up here to say thank you to God for giving me this ability, for blessing me, for shaping me, for chastising me, for teaching me, for punishing me, for allowing me to be a vessel and touch people around the world. I want to thank AFI, Cicely Tyson, Ed Zwick, Spike Lee, Carl Franklin, Alan Nirop, my mother. She's 95 years old now. She's something else. She's tough. Everything ends because I'm your mother, that's why. Shut up. Still, still, the other day. Because I'm your mother, that's why. Shut up. To my father who taught me by example how to be a gentle man, the most important person in my life. 40 years, 40 years of sacrifice, 40 years of forgiveness. She taught me about faith, spirituality, love, real love, unwavering love in spite of myself. I would not be alive without Pauletta Washington. I wouldn't be alive. Small minds discuss other people. Gossip. Good minds discuss events. Great minds discuss ideas. I was Eleanor Roosevelt. I was also Pauletta's father, my father-in-law. He was a great man. He taught me so much about what being a man really is. I want to end the night with a short video that we recorded of Pauletta's father 30 years ago that my son, Malcolm, gave me an AFI graduate. Just a short 30-second video, and this is what Pauletta's father had to say 30 years ago. We were put here for a reason. God created man, and God intends for us to love all mankind. And by being in a loving mood, caring for one another, that's our purpose for life. We should care for one another. And we should love one another. In this Twitter tweet, meme, mean world that we've created for our children, the least we can do is consider what we've done and think about the young people, the future and individually, collectively do the best we can 
to try and turn this thing around. I blame no one. I look in the mirror. On the other side of it, what an opportunity we have, because tomorrow's the first day of the rest of our lives. So what an opportunity we have to practice what he preached. Good night. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, pat yourself on the back as you look to thank those in your support system who encouraged you, lifted you up, and championed your way to becoming self-made. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone's rule until the path was clear.